The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast TaylorMade Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver to enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. We're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake our fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you need to dominate. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Uh, if you've been listening, if you just started listening, if this is touching your ears, uh, you know, if you're on Spotify, pod, you know, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you give us a review, uh, give us a rating, all that stuff. It all helps uh, get me all up in the algorithm, which is all I've ever really wanted to be in life is all up in the algorithm. Uh, yeah. I got someone joining me today. Ladies and gentlemen, he failed to menace. He succeeded to steal our hearts whenever he cracked the algorithm. <laughs> Mr. Matthew DeSantis. Matthew, what's up, buddy? How much, man? It's good to be here. And I just got to say, if anybody's out there listening on Apple, listening on Spotify, don't just rate. Come on. Give the five stars. Write a nice review. Chase is killing it out here with all this stuff that he's doing uh, multiple times a week on this. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and I mean that sincerely, uh, because... Aside from you always having, I think, spot-on opinions, you also, and this is not because you have me on right now, have fantastic guests as well. Uh, so uh, always enjoy listening to you, and whether it's Barry, whether it's Mark, whether it's Sarah, whether a lot, a lot of different people who really know what they're talking about when it comes to horses. I will give. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what to do for a uh, for a giveaway contest for if people write reviews, do ratings, and. Uh, my, I think my first plan was foiled, which was going to be pretty cool, so I even hesitate to bring it up. Uh, but I'm thinking maybe like a signed 8x10 glossy of my feet uh, to one lucky <laughs> raider and reviewer. And I'm going to tell you, they're not bad. They're not oh, okay. bad. Uh, the nail, the toenails on the big toes could use some work. I you thought know. we might have had a Hobbit type of situation going on, but it's good to hear it's not like that. All right. You, you know, uh, given my facial uh, configuration, I can see how you might figure that I've got wicked Hobbit toes. But no, there's just the right amount of hair. It's like Burt Reynolds' chest, uh, my my toe hair. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, on the serious note, uh, weather's fucking crazy, guys. Uh, it got, it got yeah. real here. Uh, late last week, last Friday. Uh, so, you know, thoughts, good vibes to folks here in town. I know there are a lot of folks that listen in Arkansas because they, uh, they you know, do a lot of Oak Lawn. So uh, if you were impacted by the tornado, we are certainly thinking of you. It was scary. Scary. There was a very surreal moment uh, whenever uh, I was under, in the crawl space under the house and I was watching, like, the live news feed. And it's like, yep, that's a tornado. Yep, that's around where I live. Yep, it's head in that general area. Uh, you know, I was very, I was very uh, brave for my little girls. Uh, I told them, you know, you're in the safest place you can be. You got nothing to worry with, worry about as long as you're here with me. And then I wept like a little girl, <laughs> and I prayed like a grown ass Medea. 
Uh, I was really, you know, really making amends for some for some shit I didn't even do. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Oh, God. (laughs) Robert, too. Um, (laughs) Yeah, man, it's been, you know, honestly, you guys have had in crazy weather. I feel like the last three, four months in Arkansas, just severe storms. And obviously, I, you know, I was down at Gulfstream Park on Friday I didn't really know much about what was going on. I come back and I heard all about these terrible storms. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, thinking of everybody out there, I know I, you know, there was a Red Cross fund I, I gave a couple bucks to encourage people if they're able to give a little bit. Obviously, we know times are tight for some folks, but if you can give a little bit, certainly help out uh, with the folks who are trying to rebuild after such a devastating storm. Yeah, absolutely. So the the Kentucky Derby race. Uh, this is it, man. It's getting pretty crazy. It's down to the nitty and or gritty. I mean, we're pretty much at last chance to, to make the Derby. What do you, If you had to put the entire road to the Derby this year into perspective mm-hmm. before we see the, these last like three Derby races, mm-hmm. what's your main takeaway? What are you thinking? Underwhelming. And I don't mean that from a standpoint of, I, I don't mean that as a shot at a horse or any group of horses. It's just, they, I've not seen wow moments. You know, we've not had those wow performances, I feel like, on the Derby Trail at all. Yeah. And the closest, honestly, the closest wow performance I think we probably had was, was with Saturday Derma at Sot- the Florida Derby. Well, I was actually going to say Derma Sotogake at the UAE Derby, okay. uh, just kind of blowing away the competition. And yeah, Saturday was good, but I think it also showed you Forte's beatable. And I think, you know, a horse like Tappet Trice has a really alluring running style. And I think people got excited by that Tampa Bay Derby. But that speed figure didn't come back very strong, and that horse needs to learn how to break from the gate a lot better. So, you know, I just I feel like every time we think we get an answer, the rug gets kind of pulled out from under our feet. So uh, it just feels very uncertain. But I'll say this phenomenal betting opportunity, I think, uh, come the first Saturday in May. I think I I agree. I I, I think Forte looks far and away the best three year old, but I also think Forte is far from a shoe and from from a Kentucky Derby winner, you know? And I don't know what to say about people who, like, I, I think people who take Tampa Bay Derby winners and like them after the Tampa Bay Derby are likely to fall in love with prostitutes and donate money to their college after they graduate. Like, it's over. They've done all they're going to do for you. You're just a simp if you're if you're still throwing money their way, you know? I agree. I mean, I remember last year with Classic Causeway. I mean, he looked, you know, broke like a million bucks both. King at Guillermo before oh, that. Oh yeah, King too. Guillermo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, I just yeah, we'll we'll obviously get into it because <laughs> Tappet tries is on this card in the final leg of the All Stakes Pick Five. But it is, uh, uh, yeah, I, I there there were definitely some questions to be had. I think after that, and and honestly, I think that's what makes this such an interesting crop is that you've not really had anybody pop a huge speed figure uh either so i think it's uh you know it's just going to be kind of an interesting thing to see how we play out all right so we are going to be talking about one of these derby preps we're going to be talking about keeneland and we're going to be talking about the bluegrass stakes we're going to be talking about the all stakes pick five sequence at keeneland we get back with more notorious otb brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. 
Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's it's Keeneland week, Keeneland opening week. It's always a special time of year. It's when the uh, every uh, two year old starts racing. The baby races start happening all over the place. We get to see what what the future crop looks like. Uh, just Keeneland is a fun meet. You get to see a bunch of uh, drunk Kentucky Wildcat fans, uh, all anywhere from eighteen to twenty two years of age, sporting their bow ties and shit, and just fantastic racing. So let me set up the sequence for you. It's going to be a Keeneland All Stakes Pick Five this Saturday. The 8th of April, year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, we got five straight graded stakes races, including the Bluegrass for Kentucky Derby points. And it starts race five, post time 250 Eastern, 150 God's time. Man, it's it's a really good sequence. It's a, it's a good mix of big fields, short fields, salty races. Did you have a overall you know strategy for, for how you wanted to play this thing whenever you were looking at the card? Yeah, I think the strategy is uh, there's a race in the middle of the sequence, which probably is going to be a single. And I think you kind of build out from there. And I think that's what's going to allow you to be a little bit more. Um, you, you can you can build out. You can spread a little bit, I think, in the two turf races, I feel like. And uh, I feel like the dirt races, I have some stronger opinions on. And you could probably be a little skinnier in those. So uh, I, I think you can put together some very affordable tickets that can still catch a really big price because I think you'll get something big in some of these turf races. All right, well, let's dig into the sequence. Race five, seven furlongs, the $300,000 Commonwealth Stakes, grade three. It is for four years old and upwards. And it's happened. We finally run into a graded stakes sprint race that I don't think will melt down. Uh, note the date. <laughs> note the time. This is this is uh, notable. But I, I, I really saw just a dearth. A dearth, I say, of early speed. What did you think of this? Uh, the, the race shape here and how this set up? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This is a sprint with no speed in it. And that's kind of weird uh, that there's not a horse that likes to go out to the lead. And... I, I think as a result, it sets up really nicely for the number seven horse uh, uh, run classic. I also think the eight pro oxidant is interesting, but I'll, I'll spend a little time talking about run classic. This is a horse that's cutting back from routing the last two times out in those Louisiana stakes in the mine shaft finished respectably in both of those a fourth and the Louisiana third by only half length in the mine shaft, but it's cutting back to seven furlongs. And oh, by the way, the best effort of this horse's career was at seven furlongs at Keeneland, posted a huge 105 buyer speed figure back in October of 2022 and won that race by eight and a quarter lengths over a fellow runner today, contestant Spankster. So I I really like Run Classic here. Uh, this is a horse that should be pretty close to the lead, uh, if not on it himself. So uh, at three to one on the morning line, I know he's not huge value, but going to get past the morning line favorite Nakatomi, I think, and use Run Classic as my top pick here. 
Yeah, I, I was with you on Run Classic. I wasn't bold enough to, to make it a single. Uh, I liked everything that you mentioned was pretty much in my notes, uh, word for word. Except for uh, I, I, the one thing that I noticed was it, it looks like even when the horse runs in round distances, he likes hotter paces. He likes hotter yeah. paces to, to run into. So I, I think this horse is going to get out and set pretty honest fractions, and no one else really wants to do it except for uh, someone you also mentioned who I like that I'm going to be using my ticket also, the 8 Pro Oxidant, 12 to 1. Let's get rusty. Let's get rust. Let's oxidize. Uh, Pro Occident should run roughly the exact same race as, as the more heavily f- favored run classic. So the shape of the race really favors uh, Pro Occident as well. Another horse that's going to be out towards the front end. And I think that either run classic or Pro Occident tip away and, and win this race. Yeah, just to be clear, I'm not going to single uh, the, the, the seven. Uh, I am going to include the eight as well. And I'm also going to include the nine. Hear my song. Uh, That's a horse that actually I think has some pretty nice races to run back to on the dirt. Uh, It's been running a turfway park recently. uh, And so, you know, has a little bit of maybe that muddied form. But you go back and look at what this horse has done on the dirt. And it definitely has some nice performances. Three for three in the exacta at Keeneland uh, in its career with one win. Uh, I just think a 10 to one on the morning line. Again, try to catch a little bit more of a price. So I'll go seven, eight, nine here in the first leg. All right. So we see it pretty, pretty close to the same here in the race five. Let's let's go ahead. Let's hit race six. Eight furlongs, the four hundred thousand dollar Appalachian Stakes. It's a grade two, and this one is on the turf. I love the uh, Appalachian Stakes presented by Japan Racing Association. <laughs> by the way. You know, it's it's often said that the that the Smokies look a lot like Mount Fuji. I've yeah. I've heard at least it's the Mount Fujis of Tennessee. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. So here, we by the go. way, this reminds me. I will do a quick aside. This reminds me of when I was 19 years old. My grandfather, who was born in Italy, took me back to Italy. Uh, well, I say back. He took me to Italy for the first time. He went back, but he uh, took me to Italy with my two great uncles, who were also all born over in Italy. Yeah. You're driving through the Italian country. You're just giving me the plot to the White Lotus, by the way. Pretty much. Re- recent season but, of the White Lotus. <laughs> but we were driving through the countryside, and all the time, my grandfather would say, and we, you have to understand, we grew up in Berks County, Pennsylvania. We would be driving through, and he goes, doesn't this look like Berks County? Doesn't this look like Berks County? And finally, my great uncle, after the third day of my grandfather saying this, goes, Jesus, crime monatics, Joe, you could have saved us a lot of money and just driven the kid around home for 20, like, 20 minutes. You know? And so, uh, yeah, it just, uh, when, when you hear that, oh, yeah, Mount Fuji and the uh, Smokies. Yeah, so similar. <laughs> yeah, now I now I can only imagine your family is Michael Imperioli and F. Marie Abram. Um, <laughs> pretty similar. Yeah, pretty that's, I mean, you leave out you left out the horrors, but pretty much the exact same setup to the second second you know second season of White Lotus. All right. Uh, speaking of of second season, uh, this race feels like second verse, same as the first in terms of the in terms of the uh, the pace setup. This one yeah. also looks pretty well devoid of speed, and it's kind of. It's kind of forcing my hand again with what kind of kind of horse I want in this race. Uh, I, I have something I feel like might be a little bit bold here, so I'm interested to hear what Matthew has and if this horse is on his radar or not. So my top pick in this one is the number six, Papilio. Uh, this is a horse for Mark Cassie that's coming over second time in North America. First time out, just barely missed uh, and had a little bit of a troubled trip as well. Uh, was pretty rank actually going into that first turn. Louis Saez actually had to sit down in the saddle, kept the horse wide, lost a little bit of ground. And I just think that uh, second time out in North America is usually an angle I like to play. This is a horse that has faced spectacular competition over in Europe. 
uh, ran in a really great race. The McGlair stud uh, stakes over there against Taria and Meditate. Uh, Meditate, of course, is your Breeders' Cup champion. Uh, and Taria is the horse that beat the crap out of Meditate before Meditate came over to beat all of our horses. So uh, has run against that great competition. Six to one in the morning line. I like that you're getting a little bit of value there. Um, I, I do. I'm probably going to take a shot with um, Alpha Bella as well. This is a horse that just like just has come up short the last two times. Uh, really hoping she breaks through at nine to two in the morning line. This is a little bit more of a spready race. I will say, I think the um, number four horse, Heavenly Sunday, is interesting at eight to one. So I, I think that's a horse you probably like a little bit, but I can't argue with the form coming in, coming into this race. I I'm really bold with a uh, with a single here. Uh, I I I thought there were two places where I could get bold and single, and this is the first one. Um, yes, I'm I'm saying I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now- it's also it's almost a system play for me when I see this sort of pace set up, where I'm going to take the horse that I think is going to be out on the league towards the lead, and I think it's the four Heavenly Sunday at eight to one. Uh, bold, yes, but shoot or shoot. And, uh, you know, that horse hasn't seen a firm track since the debut where it won for fun at Indiana Grand by seven lengths. Uh, it's one, and it's also stakes place on turf that's got some cut in the ground, so they're supposed to get some rain in Kentucky if, you know, a little bit of moisture hangs on in the turf. I like this, the chances uh, just as much, if not a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I expect the French Strangler to take this one near the front. These are famous last words. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm hoping for, for Florent Giroux to kind of just let this horse run, but we'll see. <laughs> I've seen, what's funny is I've seen Florent Giroux let a horse run before, uh, to great effect. Uh, I remember yeah. he absolutely floored it with society in the cotillion this past year. And lo and behold, the horse ended up winning by six and a half lengths in a grade one. It was probably right. the best effort she's ever had. So he can do it. He just chooses not to do it. And he just chooses <laughs> to piss us off in the process yeah. a lot of times. Uh, but yeah, that I, I like that. I'm probably going to go two, five, seven in this race. Uh, I, I, I'm debating about whether or not I want to use, um, pleasant passage, uh, the Shug McGahee horse coming off the layoff. Normally Shug off the layoff is just a death knell, like 8%. I just don't like it. Here's the thing though. This horse won first time out, which is rare for Shug as well. And this horse is firing off bullets. Like this horse looks really good. Just seems to like be a precocious horse. And uh, I just think has a lot of ability. I love that horse in the Miss Creo. You know, that was a yielding surface as well. So if there's a little cut in the ground, I'm not worried about it uh, with her. I understand she's the morning line favorite. I don't want to spread too far while using the favorite in this one. But I figure Alpha Bella at 9-2, to two, Papilio at 6-1, to one, give you a little bit of value in case Pleasant Passage doesn't fire. You know, I hate to be like citizen investigator, but like I just watched that uh, that new Boston Strangler movie with Kira Knightley they have on Hulu, right? Oh yeah, and, and they were talking. You know, it's like a well known thing that they think that there might have been like three or four Boston Stranglers, and the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, you know, no one has nailed down the whereabouts of Florent Giroux, where he was, like if he was near Boston in the 1960s, because he could have been out there. We've seen it; it's a pattern. We're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get back, we're going to wrap up the rest of this late, or sorry, late. That's for peasants. All stakes pick five at Keeneland. We will be right back. 
We're brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast and their TaylorMade Driver Contest. The contest is completely free to enter, and you have a chance to win an awesome TaylorMade Driver. The drawing will take place on Sunday, April 8th, so make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by... What, so I gotta sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glanz? It's mine. I'm gonna spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. Well, we'll have some editing to do because that was definitely the wrong sound drop to start. Let's move on. We're talking to race seven. Seven furlongs, $600,000 Madison Stakes, the grade one. And this looks about as honest as a pace as we've had so far in the sequence, even if it only is a five-horse race with one heavy favorite. Uh, I, I'm going to use this as another opportunity to get skinny with a single. I have a feeling you're probably doing the same. Talk yeah. me through what you're thinking here, Matthew. Yeah, I think when you have a two-to-five favorite on the morning line like Goodnight Olive, it's hard to get past that horse. And they're from a ticket construction standpoint, you can't really justify spreading in the, or using another horse in this race. I feel like if you're going to use, if, if you're going to use Goodnight Olive, you can't use another horse. Uh, you know, if you, now if you're going to try to beat Goodnight Olive, good luck on that. But here's the thing. This horse has won every single time she's come back from a layoff. Uh, I think Chad Brown has got her keyed up. I think the fact that it's a five horse race gives her incredible flexibility. She's going to get the exact trip she wants to get. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of interesting in this race. You mentioned it's an honest pace for sure, but with only five horses, I feel like everybody's going to get the trip they want to get, uh, that there's not going to be a lot of, I, I don't think, you know, Yugiri's going to go. I think Mary Pike Contreras is going to sit back. I think, you know, it, it's, everything's going to kind of work out nicely. Good night. Olive's going to be a stalking trip. I, I just think she's better than the rest of these horses who I have a lot of respect for. I, I really like this field, but I just think that she's the class. I actually, I use this as an opportunity to go back-to-back singles. Now, the women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What did you say? The women love you when you get out there. Why is that, ladies? Well, I'm asking you. Huh? I'm going with the three society. Three Ooh. to one. Speaking of the Boston Strangler, all right, very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's another contrarian pick. Good night, Olive is the obvious choice on speed figures. But society could easily get the jump with the inside draw and maybe take this field gate to wire, I think. Uh, Keeneland Dirt tends to be a conveyor conveyor belt, so it feels like a good place to be against the favorite. If the favorite is a horse that traditionally likes to come from pretty far off the pace, I want to see society go gate to wire here as another just stone-cold single back-to-back. I respect it. Obviously, we're going to say, you know, Florent Giroux is going to have a lot to say about your ticket. Uh, which I'm not so sure I feel confident about that, but I mean, yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hoping for you. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think the reason I like uh, Goodnight Olive here is I, she, yes, she does come from off the pace sometimes, but she's also wired fields. She's also sat kind of second or third uh, and moved, uh, moved strongly. Uh, you know, I, I get the society. I like society a lot. I was there when she won the cotillion, which was probably her best effort. I actually love that they're cutting her back to seven furlongs because I actually think that is probably her best distance and where her future lies as a sprinter obviously i would love gun runners she was my second choice if i'm building out exotics i'm probably going to be including her and mary quite contrary but um yeah in this one i just i'm going to go with the chalk and move on but respect the decision to try to get a little bit of a price on a single in this one i mean it's it's brad cox world right we're all just living in it don't you know it don't you know it all right uh this to me I don't know how you feel about this race, but I think of it as like 
a staple and really the kickoff to like summer turf sprint racing. The Shaker Town, $350,000, five and a half furlongs, grade two on the turf. It's always a fun race. It's just a classic turf stakes race. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, these turf sprints, I always think are just so fun. And now this division's a lot more wide open because Golden Pal's not around anymore. So it is, I I feel like there's a lot of looking around at this this field and not necessarily seeing a horse that jumps off the page to go, oh, that's this. Because Golden Pal was always the single, right? Especially at Keeneland uh, until he wasn't in in his last race. But I mean, that was just one where uh, I think because of that, there's a lot of horses in this division that you go, oh, they, they don't win them a lot. It's like, well, yeah, because they've been running against Golden Power. They've been ducking Golden Pal and running in like grade two, grade three companies. So I just think there's an opportunity to get a big price in this one for sure. And I finally get all the early early speed that I that I ask for in my sprint races that make me think a race is going to make, melt down. Uh I, I think the best way to handle this race is going to be to throw a run style at it. And I'm looking for something that stocks the early pace, sits in the second wave. Uh, and I ended up on three different horses all drawn to the outside. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the lead. I'm going. I'm just going. Go. Go, Here man. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Back up. Give me room, room, room. Number I'm nine, not, Matt. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be like Flo. I'm not going to choke you. I'm just going to let you go, man. Okay. Go. Okay. <laughs> nine, Bad Beat Brian. I, yes, okay. I'm using a horse with the name Bad Beat in it at 15 to 1. Uh, the horse is a grinder. Might be ready for a step forward to win a graded stakes race. You know, And uh, three straight sprints at Turfway. And I expect a really big pop coming off the weather, uh, the all-weather onto, uh, onto turf again. And if there's one thing that I am just the dirtiest little pig boy for. It's all weather to any surface. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets to stand on. Then I had the 10, Oceanic, at 15 to 1. Didn't run well on the BC Sprint, but this horse is you know, plenty good enough to win this race and was on a marathon stretch of races and finally, you know, got some time on the shelf. I think maybe this would just needed the rest to come back fresh for the spring and summer uh, racing. So ran well off the layoff at Keeneland, finishing second last April. So I'm hoping for, for roughly the same thing here. And the 12 arrest me red nine to two. I should be so fucking done with this horse. I've been on this horse so many <laughs> times. Like in the last three races, I think I've landed on this horse three times and it, and it didn't go well for me. But, you know, the horse went off form to end last year in the BC Sprint. But I, I think that was after an absolutely massive effort to finish second in a stakes race at uh, Kentucky Downs, which, uh, I hate to tell you, Kentucky Downs, that's another one. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. But I think that race at Kentucky Downs might have taken the starch out of him. It might have helped a lot to me, Red. So nine bad beat Brian at 15 to one, 10 Oceanic at 15 to one, the 12 arrest me Red at nine to two. What did you think, Matthew? I concur. Uh, I, I had the exact same three horses as my top three choices, actually. Um, arrest me Red, I had very similar thoughts. I should absolutely be done with this horse, and I. I'll always end up continuing to bet this horse for some reason. Um, but here's the thing. We should mention Caravelle, who is the morning line favorite at 8-5. to right, five. right, of course. Uh, this is absolutely an opportunity to beat the favorite. Yeah. Uh, because everybody will say, oh, but she you know, she beat the boys in the Breeders' Cup. Before that, she had been 0-4 against the boys. And the best she'd ever run was a, 
third place by about a length and a half. And a lot of times she finished sixth, seventh, eighth, five double digit lengths in some cases. That came out of freaking nowhere, that race. I'm sorry. Right. And right. I'm not willing to, especially at eight to five, I'm not willing to use her and, and assume that she's going to continue this incredible progression. And so uh, I, I just think there's going to be a regression to the mean there. So I'm looking past her. Artemis City Limits on the inside. A lot of people are going to look at that horse as a horse that has some early speed. 0 for 4 winning a Keeneland. That right. concerns me. Doesn't like the turf there. So once you get past those two, then you kind of do have to come to the outside, I think. And you go, all right, like Arrest Me Red is logical. Oceanic's got some really nice races to come back to, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, particularly those two at the Woodford and the DeHaas. Uh, and is coming back from a little bit of a layoff, but I like the regularity of the works and coming back. And this horse has won over the Keeneland turf before. And then, yeah, Brad beat Brian at 15 to one. Uh, this horse was really looking great. I thought at the, uh, on the turf, I should say, and had been really progressing from a buyer speed figure standpoint, went 90, 92, 95, 99, then goes to the bench for about three months comes back and has been running at as you mentioned turfway park and the the speed figures haven't been great there but now this horse gets back on his preferred surface of the turf i'll i'll use that horse at 15 to 1 all day so i ended up ultimately going 9 10 12 as well in this one guys i am anti-mushing i'm anti-mush right but last week sarah l bodway and i race nine on an arkansas derby card had the exact same four horses like Matthew have and I, you know, Matthew you and I have right now. What happened? It was the superfecta. I'm telling you right now, boxy's in a try or an exacta because we're gonna hit it. Good things it. happen. Teamwork makes the dream work, Matthew. It does indeed. I love it. I always feel honestly, it's one of those things where you know you and I handicap separately, and then we come together, we talk about this stuff. We don't really know our picks beforehand, and I. Personally, I'm someone I like to handicap kind of in a vacuum. I don't like to hear other people's opinions until I form them and that sort of thing. Yeah. And but I will say this: once I formulate an opinion, I love to have it validated by somebody that I trust. Right. So right. when when I hear somebody go, "Yeah, I like Oceanic too. I like Bad B. Brian too," my first thought is: A, maybe I'm not crazy, and B, I'm absolutely going to be using this horse in the sequence now. I've got about a, a stretch of four or five cards in a row now where I, I try to pull these cards as early as possible, handicap them as early as possible, but most of the time without morning lines. I've gotten to where like I, I've kind of trained my eye to not even notice them while I'm handicapping, yeah. but it's hard to do sometimes. But this is about the fifth card in a row where when I finally pulled the uh, morning lines, I've noticed that I'm on – there's a couple races where I'm on nothing but just monster prices. Uh, and I've had a couple of them win. So, you know, good luck to us is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The last chance for Derby points, or one of them. One of what? Three last chance for Derby points? We have any more? We don't have any more preps. Technically, after this week. technically four, because the Lexington always screws things up right before right. Uh, the end. So, th but that's only this is the final weekend of one hundred point uh, Kentucky that's right. Cup races. That's right. So, I mean, you've got horses here that basically just kind of need to hit the board. If they hit the board, they'll be in the gate. There are horses here that absolutely have to win. You have to kind of take those things into account. I forgot to do that, so let's see how this shakes out for me. Let's look at it. Race nine, mile and eighth. That is nine furlongs, folks. The $1 million bluegrass stakes. 
a grade one. And it's an interesting race because there is early speed. And only one of those two early speed horses looks like it's worth a damn. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really, it's it, it's all going to hinge on if this horse can get out and outduel the other horse that I think it can. Or if this other horse is just going to take a big bite out of it and it's going to fade to last. So we'll see. Uh, think, who are your horses here? I am all in on verifying uh, who is the horse you are alluding to who is going to be up on the lead. Uh, here's the thing about verifying. Verifying doesn't need the lead. I, I mean, if somebody else wants to run like crazy out in front, go for it. That horse will just sit off. And I know he, you know, he's got that capability because I've seen him do it before. He had a very troubled trip in that Arkansas or in that Rebel Stakes, I should say, at Oakland Park. Flo had him boxed in. Really, really dragging Flo this episode, by the way. Uh, but Flo had him boxed in that whole day. And didn't really get him out in the clear until it was too late. And by the way, he was the only horse anywhere near that early pace who hung on to do anything in that rebel. Uh, everybody else was fading back. That horse kept running and finished a respectable fourth, I thought. And uh, I, I just think he's going to get the perfect setup. Because other than there's really not a lot of speed in this race. You know, there's two horses that'll be forward, but nobody's going to be pressing. This isn't going to be some of these other prep races where, you know, for instance, like the Risen Star, where it felt like six horses were going to try get the lead in that race it doesn't feel like that at all and so for that reason i'm fading tap at trice the morning line favorite i don't think he's going to get the pace to run into i don't trust his gate issues i don't like the inside rail i think he's run a bunch against mostly tomato cans down in south florida or mid uh, in central florida so i'm going with verifying in this one yeah i mean second and thirded all all of your and passed the motions have passed uh <laughs> with here with verifying i definitely used verifying I did decide to spread out in this race because I think there are some sneaky kind of interesting horses at, at huge prices that I think are I've bought myself the goodwill and equity in the last race by going single single that I can afford to put these uh, these big prices on the ticket. So uh, you mentioned verifying. Like I said, love everything you said about it. I totally agree. The four classic car wash at 12 to one. Cassie runs back a third place finisher from the Sam F. Davis and runner up the Tampa Bay Derby. It's going to sit behind the pace and has a great show. But verifying isn't enough to turn back the early speed, you know, early uh, pace pressure that I, that I think that uh, verifying is going to see, which I think it will. But it's enough of a question mark that a horse like Classic Car Wash and also a horse like the six, Scooby Quando. Ton of fucking fun to say. Yep. Uh, I wish I had a good time Charlie of a friend named Scooby Quando. Who won that? Yeah, one that you can just tell about his his you know exploits to pe- random strangers and you know airport chilies bars too. You know, <laughs> me one time me and Scooby Quando we we rented a Corolla and I'll tell you what we didn't get our insurance money back. Uh, you know right. what this reminds me of though? Uh, there's a great song by the Traveling Wilburys called Tweeter and the Monkey Man, and and now I'm like kind of connecting these uh, Scooby Quando could be hanging out with Tweeter and the Monkey Man. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, Scooby Quando is a seasoned sound professional. Knows how to live on the road. Um, but, I mean, it's going to sit off the pace. Uh, and then it's the first time running on fast dirt after running on all-weather exclusively. You know I love horses coming off of all-weather, Matthew. You know this about me. And I'm going to use the 11, Mendelssohn's March 20-1. to 1. Uh, It said so many of these horses are shipping to from Oaklawn. The story of arkansas derby day carries on which is you have so many horses that just need a fast track that haven't seen a fast track in months because it's fucking seattle here 
for some reason. <laughs> uh, so I used the 11 Mendelssohn's March 20 to one has never seen a fast track, but ran lights out for Canyon peak at Oakland in the slop last out. Another improvement, which could be very likely first time on a fast track, I think gives Mendelssohn's March a chance. So I was four deep with verifying classic car wash, Scooby Quando and Mendelssohn's March. I uh, so I am going to go a little bit deeper here. I it's funny. I also absolutely love Scooby Quando. This is a horse I liked in the Pataglia. Finished second to Congruent that day. Uh, horse broke his maiden in a stakes race. You always like to see that. This horse has done nothing wrong. I, I mean, to be fifteen to one on the board, I, I think it's a little bit of disrespect, quite frankly, because it's disrespect this horse, to Turfway Park. Is I, what I, it is. I think it is. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because, you know, I, a horse that I really don't like is Blazing Sevens, six to one, and. You know, I, I I'm with you on classic car wash in terms of, uh, in terms of everything you said. I absolutely agree with it. I just don't know if that horse is going to be able to win, but I love that horse to hit the board, right. and I just feel like that's a horse. If you're building out verticals, you absolutely need to be including the four because that's where you're going to get a price because that horse just shows up and just kind of is a lunch pail type of horse that runs its race. I'm actually really excited for that horse to be like a four-year-old who ends up winning a bunch of like grade three races next year. Um, because I just have a feeling that that's the type of horse he's going to be like thinking he's going to be a little bit like Skippy Longstocking or something like that. Like that kind of caliber of horse, but like him a lot. Uh, but ultimately I just went uh, three, six in this one with, I'm taking a shot with Scooby Quando, but uh, I, I'm very bold on verifying here. And uh, I just, you know, we didn't really talk much about tap it trice, but I just, I can't get behind this Sh- horse. Shows you how we feel about him, right? Yeah, I know. I just, I can't get behind him. I know some people absolutely love him. And he, I want to say, Chase, is he second in Derby Futures right now? I think so. I that think was so. just wild to me. Absolutely wild to me. I, I feel like all of the three-year-olds might even still be a good bet when we talk about <laughs> Derby Futures. I mean, we just, a Forte is great. I just said Forte's run style worries me a lot. I mean, let's look at, I mean, I, I feel like we're almost talking about Epicenter 2. Yeah. That's the comparison everybody likes to make, I think. And I just think he's going to be a very, very good horse, but I'll probably play against him. And I'll be honest, he's talk about that turfway uh, form. My boy, and I, listen, there's a lot of time between now and the Kentucky Derby. I'm sure you and I will talk plenty between then, but I will say two fills. I freaking love that horse. Uh, so like that horse a lot coming out of the Jeff Ruby stakes. I like to think of it as like Will Smith had a, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type uncle, you know, like there's a really dark, dark side to uncle Phil, you know, <laughs> all right, I'm going to give, I'm going to wrap up my ticket here for everybody. It ended up being $12 at the 50 cent base. So race five, we had the seven, eight race six. We singled the four race what, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Seven single, the three race eight, nine, 10 and 12 and race nine, the bluegrass three four six eleven. Matthew, we gonna rattle off your ticket for the people. Yeah, I will. I race five. I had the seven eight nine. Race six, I went two five seven. Race two, I or race seven, I should say, I went with the single. Race eight, or which was the two. Uh, the race eight, I went nine ten twelve, and race nine, I went three six. There we go. So. It's a big weekend of racing, man. It's a it's an exciting weekend between the Masters and the. Uh, you know, all the all the different derby oh, yeah. preps. Like it's it's like we're the last chance, pretty much, to see most of these horses before they go on the shelf before the the derby itself. You know, they're gonna leave the lasting impression. You gotta think of whoever wins these races is gonna take a lot of steam. You know, yeah, 
I agree. I mean, it, I, that's why I kind of like horses who ran last week or the week before because people kind of forget about them. And so uh, I agree with you that it's going to be four weeks of drumming up the bluegrass winner, the Santa Anita Derby winner, and and the wood winner, I feel like. And so uh, I, I'll gladly take winners from maybe some of those other tracks, depending on how it all turns out. All right, that's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, actually. We're going to be talking about the Santa Anita Derby card. It's got a mandatory pick six, and we're we're tossing in the Santa Anita Derby with it because it's not in the mandatory pick six for some fucked up reason. <laughs> Go Rocket Ride. That's my pick. All right, I have. I'll be I'll be handicapping it a little bit, recording us tonight, but it will be out tomorrow. Uh, Matthew. I mean, we, we see you all over the YouTubes as of low. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone you where, where they can find you, you crazy bastard? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the handle at Failed to Menace, and I got a lot of different videos obviously coming out. Just talked to Gabby Gaudet about uh, Saturday at Keeneland. Talked to Sarah El Badwi about Friday opening day at Keeneland. We talked about the three graded stakes races on the card that day. And for the Wood Memorial, I got Naira's own Andy Serling to come on. Uh, so Andy and I are going to talk about the four graded stakes races on Saturday at the Wood Memorial. And I will say this, if anybody out there is listening and lives in the tri-state area up in New York, I will be out at Aqueduct on Saturday at the Wood Memorial. So if you see, uh, I was going to say if you see an Italian guy, but everybody's Italian up there. So if you just see somebody wearing glasses, gigantic nose, silly cap, that's going to be me. So say hi. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> if you see someone who looks like they were an extra in a Bronx tale, apparently <laughs> come say hello to Matthew. That's going to do it for us here at the notorious OTB brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network. We'll catch you tomorrow when we talk Santa Anita Derby with Ryder Dave.